Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Rob Thrasher. I'm doing the Cyber Village Spotlight today. I did the introduction a few days ago. I think everyone has a kind of understanding of what we're doing. Um, this particular kind of format I'm looking at, I'm just I'm just interested in kind of analyzing past, present, and future. What got people, whether they be entrepreneurs or book authors who are also entrepreneurs, that maybe a lot of people don't understand that. Just kind of analyze what got them to where they are and where they're headed from here and some information about their industry. And I think I have somebody on the line now. Teresa, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Thanks for having me on, Rob. Sure, no problem. Um, Therese is a book author. She goes by T. Jensen Lacey and um, Cyber Village Authors. You can Google that to look that up. Um, I went ahead and I uh, featured uh, Therese's profile as well as a blog post uh, about the radio show. Thanks. So first and foremost, I just wanted to say, I mean, there's a lot of really impressive things about what Therese's been doing. She's been published a lot of places. She's really hard to get on the air because she's so busy, um, which is a subset of the whole the whole game we play, right? Oh, yeah. um, but I think one of the one of the things that stands out the most, and the thing that most people say, "Oh yeah, I've heard of that," is obviously the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. Uh, I believe Teresa's particular participation was in the teen books, um, and she's got another one coming out. But I'll let uh, Teresa, if you want to, just go ahead and give a little bit more about. Uh, kind of your bio, and then we'll go into the format of the past, present, and future. Okay. Uh, thanks, Rob. Well, um, I have several books in a Native American series published by Chelsea House Publishing in New York, and I'm working on one right now as, as we speak, actually. <laughs> it's due in January. Sounds like a long way off, but it's not. <laughs> but, never uh, stops, does it? <laughs> yeah, never stops. And uh, I do have eight stories in Chicken Soup for the Soul books, Nice. And I just, um, you know, they're just essays, and um, the first two stories actually were published in a national collegiate magazine, and then uh, Christy Kerberger, who is um, the sister of the two brothers who started the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, she's one of the editors also, but she called me and she said, I saw your story in this magazine, and, or, or the two stories, and we'd like to run them in the Chicken Soup for the Teen Soul, too, so that's that's how it kind of all got started, and and then I began to realize how many other stories I have in my head that are so universal, common to so many people. I think I've posted a few on your website, Cyber Village, mm-hmm. uh, about ode to parents in the autumn, the autumn when they say goodbye to their um, young child going off to college and things like that. So there are so many stories that, are, that everyone experiences, and so um, I just found myself writing about them. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I find that I find that there's, in a sense, everybody's story is the same. It just depends on what what stage of the story you're in, really. Um, you know, I have kids. One will be going off to college eventually. I mean, the whole kind of, in a way, what I see it as a big picture of kind of what you do is just is really family oriented, obviously, um, and that starts with the teens and it works its way up to them, you know, going off to college, and then comes the empty nest syndrome and all that <laughs> other stuff. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to that. (laughs) What's that? I'm kind of looking forward to Empty Nest because uh, people tell me, what will you you do then? I I just I will will write more, uh, obviously. um, But I I do have a a young adult novel series that I've begun. One is already out. It's called Growing Season, and it's based on aviation. And um, amazingly, one thing that surprised me is that uh, although the main character is a a 13-year-old girl, many guys teen teen guys really like the story i think because i do have so much action in it and uh, it's 
a lot about flying and working on planes and other equipment like that. So it's very fast-paced. So um, it's been a good book for reluctant readers, especially guys who are reluctant readers. But um, I'm working on the second one in that series. I anticipate five, but this one's Growing Season 2, Dolphin Summer. So I've had to go to the Bahamas and things like that to do research. It's terrible, terrible. <laughs> now, now, one of the places people can go to read about your stuff is our site, Cyber Village Authors. They can Google it, but in addition to that, you can go ahead and um, give your own website address there so people can find you. Yes, my website is uh, the usual triple W's, T, as in for Teresa, Jensen, that's J-E-N-S-E-N-L-A-C-E-Y.com, T-Jensen-Lacey.com. And uh, you can get my books anywhere books are sold also. And there's tons of them, too, <laughs> which is, you can clearly <laughs> uh, see that you're busy. <laughs> book number nine comes out in the spring, and uh, this is a Native American cultural book. First, it's a template in a series by also by Chelsea House. And um, this, it's rather it's been a bit unnerving because I said, well, what do you want? This is a template in a, uh, and focusing on culture and tradition. And they said, oh, we'll just know it when we see it. And that's I hear that a lot from publishers. This <laughs> year. You know, they don't know what they want, but they, they'll know it when they see it. And so you have to learn to hear no. You know, no, this isn't right. quite right. But, right. And that's all right. And be willing to rewrite a lot as well, oh, right? Yeah, I've been rewriting this morning <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> but um, the last two chapters of this latest book, I, I literally tore apart and um, rewrote both the, the last two chapters. And um some people find that hard to do, and if they find that hard to do, then they shouldn't attempt writing because... Oh, that's no doubt about that. It's, it is a, it's a difficult thing to do, especially if you feel like you, you complete something and you feel like it's your baby and you're like, oh, this is good stuff, and then somebody says, redo. <laughs> oh, yeah, particularly when, when a, an editor says, you know, I really don't like this passage. I'm going to just cut this whole paragraph, and, you know, I want to say, but wait, <laughs> I dreamed that. It was it was in my head. You have to put it in there, but that doesn't work. And um, I, I do want to address something you mentioned about the business of writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, many writers today, if, if Emily Dickinson were alive now, trying to write and get published, nothing would happen because she never left her room. You have to get out there. You have to... Oh, sure meet readers and be willing to, uh, as I'm doing now, be on the radio and uh, or television or any venue and uh, have book signings and give speaking engagements and things like that. So if you're at all reclusive, it it yeah. just you know won't work. Marketing right. is a huge part of writing, uh, even bigger than it's ever been before. Uh, publishers don't have money for uh, for PR or publicists as they used to. And so uh, a, a writer is obliged to get out there and and uh, peddle their books, as absolutely. one person put it to me. It is. It absolutely is. And it's really the more that I've sort of um, investigated this kind of thing and, and researched this for my series of articles, Spotlight, which um, are published in print up here in central New York, and I'm hoping to expand that print out to a couple different areas um, soon. Great. Um, but the but the thing that that I find is that there's it's it's kind of like I said before everything is kind of the same story. So I look at somebody who, you know, it, it could be um, somebody who sells widgets. <laughs> Whether you're selling widgets or a book, there's got to be some degree of self promotion because if you're not if you can't promote yourself, you cannot promote a product or a book or anything oh, else. That's that is the truth. And uh, for for you writers out there who want to have a, a signing, uh, and I'm sorry to all the bookstores, but the best places that I've, I've sold books are, are, have not been in bookstores. 
Right. Uh, for example, growing season, since it's about aviation, I decided to have a reading and a book signing at a fly-in. You know, where all people come in to an airport and, and they have air shows and things like that. And I sold uh, about 40 books in an hour. Wow. Which is pretty good for everyone coming to sure. see airplanes and not to see an author. Absolutely. But in a bookstore, there's so much competition. It you know, is, you yeah. are selling your book, and there are maybe 10,000, 20,000 books in that store. And um, so there's, I, I usually find that I do better in other places besides a bookstore. Yeah. One of my one of my best signings was at Mast General Store in um, um, North Carolina from my amazing North Carolina book. I do have an a trademarked Amazing America series, which is actually available right now for a publisher, because my other publisher, I think, is going uh, out of business, unfortunately. But um, so far, I have Amazing North Carolina, Amazing Texas, Amazing Tennessee, and I'm working concurrently on Amazing Alabama and Amazing Florida. And it's kind of like history outside the box, you know, like, you know where the courthouse is, but here's how it came to be there. So um, I I love uh, kind of quirky little stories. Mm-hmm. And anyway, but the best book signing I ever had for the Amazing North Carolina book was at Mass General Store, and I was sitting on the back porch, but we put a stack of my books by the cash register. And so they would say, oh, what's this, as they were checking out, and they said, well, here, the author's at the back porch. And so I, had, I did great that day. Wow, yeah, that's, um, that's um. I mean that's exactly that's exactly what marketing is and self promotion is thinking out of the box. You know, you don't always go. I mean, in some sense, you want to follow a pattern because if it's a successful pattern, you want to follow a, sort of a cookie-cutter concept of marketing. But at the same time, you want to go where, where your your competitors haven't thought of going yet. That's um, right. You know, like a, like a fly-in and a and a general store. So absolutely, a lot of a lot of authors just wouldn't think of that. No, um, that's true. <clears throat> but um, also, you have to stay with. Something, in other words, don't take no for an answer. Uh, the parody stores in the airports, I uh, hammered at their door for about two years before they finally said, "Okay, we'll start stocking your amazing books in our in our airports." It's a great um, little, uh, I, what is it, um, little souvenir kind of thing when you're leaving mm-hmm. a state and flying out. So, oh, oh I'll sure. pick up this amazing North Carolina, amazing Texas book. So, sure, impulsive uh, buying, and and it's. Uh, yes something they just see it and it's going to catch their eye especially if you have something like what a lot of your stuff is, is to me is like it, it really does if you were just walking by it would kind of catch your eye your eye might stick on it for a minute you're in the airport even as a last minute gift i mean those are wonderful places to get stuff into they are uh, and uh realtors for example uh love my state books so and they buy them and give them as a gift when people buy houses to move into a, a state for example so you have to think of every possible uh, point of sale, and um, of course that is a business term. But writers have to think like business people because Absolutely. it is it is an art, but it's also a business. Absolutely, and without the business side, you don't sell things. And without selling things, there's no revenue. And without revenue, you can't get to the next book signing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think there was something you said very interesting, and it kind of pulled this whole thing. Mhm. Hello. Hello. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. You, uh, the line kind of went. Oh, sorry about that. That's Locked all right. One of my phones must be. I just switched. Um, the sort of realtor things brings it kind of full circle in the sense that the way that most of this started with me was working up here in um, Central New York. I've been writing the spotlight stories for a publication called Life and Homes. Oh. And 
Life and Homes, first and foremost, started out as an alternate sort of MLS type of listing service um, for for home. But the thing that it was doing is it was kind of new millennium thinking. It was including the FISBOs, the for sale by owners. It was including the builders so that a builder maybe doesn't even have the house done, but he puts it into this listing style system. And the whole thing is just really cutting edge. But that's my first recent published uh, article was through Life and Homes. And so they're kind of going through the same thought process that, you know, it all ties together. At one point in your life, you're a home buyer. At one point in your life, you're the empty nester. At another point, you've got the teenagers. I mean, it's how it all comes together. And so the realtor thing is kind of interesting tie there because this kind of whole thing started for me um, almost a decade ago working with people that were putting out the uh, the home, the life and home type of publication. Mm-hmm. And that's where, as I do these radio shows, that's where if I publish it in print, that's where it mostly gets published in print. And, Rob, you ought to take that that series that you've uh, written because you are an author in your own right and put those in some kind of a, a hardbound collection. I think that'd be great. You know, your own your your articles. Kind of, kind of. My strategy on things is the um, the baby step towards something. So I don't have time to write the book. So I'm <laughs> kind of going to write it one article at a time. So you kind of nailed it right there, actually. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's good stuff. Now, how how did you get? Um, how, what was the tie-in, and in, in, in maybe this goes to the format here where it's past, present, and future. So, actually, let's go back further. Let's talk about did you have any entrepreneurs, out-of-the-box thinkers, self-marketers in your family going back as long as you can think, or are you are you the first sort of generation to do that? Oh, did well, your, any of your family members own their own stores? I mean, anything that kind of gets to the whole point of self-promotion? Well, I had an uncle who was all, well, actually a couple of uncles who have kind of been inventors. They, well, they were inventors. Uh, one's passed away, so one's, one's still tinkering around with things. And my my dad was always looking for some angle for something or, or another use for something. And um, so, yeah, I guess it, it comes about genetically. And yeah. um, so I've just, I think I've had a natural knack for advertising. I've I've written some copy for uh, advertising firms, actually, and um, I've written for the Egg Board and the uh, Cattlemen's Association, things like that. So I guess it came about. Uh, yeah, I've had had a bit of a entrepreneurial bent, for lack of a better term. Yeah, sure. No, that that is it. And and I find that mo- most times, and some of the stuff you and I haven't even gone over. I like to kind of on the fly sort of thing anyway. But I do find that most times there's some sort of of background there. Whether um, one guy I just interviewed. He, he he has a business and he sells, it's actually called Reich Supply, fantastic business, right up here in central New York. He's a top-end wholesaler for the whole country. Wow. And his his dad started out bending neon bulbs, making neon signs, which back in the day after the war was like a high-technology kind of a job. Yeah. And that just carried through, and whether he picked it up or, like you say, there's some kind of genetic thing there, Whatever it is, it's in the makeup and it's in the blood, and it does seem to go from generation to generation. And um, so that's why I kind of start with the format, just talking about entrepreneurs or people that self-promoted, um, you know, in your in your family history. Um, usually, usually the answer is yes. As a matter of fact, there is, <laughs> and that's how I get on that topic. Um, so that's interesting. Now, a little bit maybe more recent past, um, back to a couple of things you had mentioned. Um, in the in one of your books, and I know you do 
you pretty much do a speaking engagement type of a thing for every. In other words, you come up with an idea, whether it's a new book or a new chapter for a book. At the same time, you're really writing a, a speaking engagement for it, too. Am I right? Yes, I'm also working on you know what I'm going to say at a speaking engagement, or um, and I, I try to do it differently every time. I mean, I have uh, some other author friends of mine. It, I've been disappointed in them as as they've become more famous and or rich or both. They've got <laughs> their speech in a can, and I just say, oh come on, you know these honor these people. They came to see you and honor their that effort. And so I try to make my presentations different to every group and tailor it to that group you know whatever their interests are whether it's a gardening group or a book club or a girl scout group or or other fellow writers so i you know try to change it sure we talked a little bit about the um speaking to the the seniors um i'm actually working on a whole project up in this area in central new york um that is it's basically speaking and communicating with um assisted living type of communities, and they're always hungry for, for people to come in and talk about just about anything, really. Um, they like to keep the, the seniors busy. You know, it's very competitive, up, I guess, in most areas, but especially up here where um, health care and, you know, health care and correctional facilities are pretty much the business up in this area because things oh, are really? slow. Um, yeah, um, and so the, the whole assisted living thing is really big here. They're building them constantly. They're building some right now. Um, but I, I also thought that would be an interesting twist, and you had immediately came up with it. I think it's whenever I throw something out on the table, you have a way that you can speak about it, which is just awesome because it's resiliency. But oh, I appreciate this, that. Yeah, right. sure. And, and I mean, if you look at your site, you can see it's everything from teens to to, to seniors, which covers pretty much everything. And then you've got the Native American thing. Now, how, how did that come about? The Native American sort of speaking in in writing. I'm glad you asked that, Rob. I have such a good story about that. Um, <laughs> I thought you actually, might. <laughs> well, I am uh, part Native American. I'm uh, part Comanche, Cherokee, and Seneca Indian. Yes. Wow. Um, anyway, I was doing some genealogical research on on those tribes and nations, or, and um, I discovered that many tribal history books were not even written by uh, Americans. They were written by Japanese authors or British authors, but um, I couldn't find much that was written by, well, really couldn't find anything that was written by anyone of Native American descent. Um, and so I contacted, this is something every writer's group says never, ever, ever, ever do, but I called a publisher, you know, it's a cold call, and I said, have you ever thought about having someone of Native American descent write your Native American history books? And they wow. thought, hmm, new idea. So they said, okay, you're on. So now I have wow. three, and I've started a new series with Chelsea House Publishing, and we've been working together for uh, 20 years. Wow. So that's how that got started. So you can't be afraid to pick up the phone with an idea because there may be someone else picking up the phone with that same idea. If, if wow. you hesitate, you're lost. And, wow, that, that is a, actually that would – actually now that, now that I've heard that part of your story, I think that would be – an awesome tie-in for one of my print articles in Life at Homes. We can talk about that more later. Great. Um, but the whole, I mean, the concept of, okay, self-marketing, I mean, a lot of these words, you've, everyone's heard them before, but it's not just knowing it. It's actually like what you just did is a perfect example of just putting, you know, whether it's just put the pen to the paper is one thing, but put the phone to the ear. Make some outbound calls. You do. Every company does it because it pays off. Yes, and, and so and every every writer's workshop that I had been to, though, before that, 
They said, never call a publisher. Never call them with an idea. Write them, send them an email, go see them, but never call them. And I thought, I don't have anything to lose, you know. Right. So, um, and what is the fear when they say that, that they're going to steal the idea and have one of their own authors write it? I or? believe so. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, with let's see, my father-in-law is an attorney, and he's told me that they would rather hire a writer to write a, a, a book in a series, for example, than pay an attorney to represent them in a lawsuit. So think about it. They, no they really, um, that rarely happens. It's it's one of those mm-hmm. urban myths. <laughs> yes, it is. You know, that's funny, too, because I, I got, for a long time I was involved in owning and, and a software company where we sold component software, and I can't tell you how many times we were asked, and, and a lot of times it was by people who are supposed to know what, what they're doing. And I obviously won't mention any names, but let's just say I've had a lot of people in my business life who supposedly knew, you know, they were not out-of-the-box thinkers, let's put it that way, to make mm-hmm. a long story short. <laughs> and what what I found, that they would constantly ask the question, well, what if somebody steals this and takes your code and redoes it? Mm-hmm. And my answer it took me a while to get to this answer because my first answer was supposed to be something, again, in the box, like, well, we have an attorney, we have a code lock box, we have this, we have it encrypted. My, I changed my answer after a while and said, well, that applies to everything in the world. That oh, applies yeah. to written content. That applies to everything. Guess what? People steal it. Ask Microsoft if people steal their software. Oh. But okay. the point is you have to sell it faster than people steal it. That's exactly. the point. And so, on the phone. If you have an idea, get it out there. Um, yeah, don't worry about it being stolen because it, it probably will be anyway. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's going to be. It's not a question of will it be stolen. It's will it, when will it and when, by whom. Exactly. <laughs> Everything in the world is copied, so um, you want to be the original. You know, we have copyright laws and patent laws because people steal stuff. So, yeah. you know, get used to that. And if it's really good, you'll have more people stealing it, which is what I found with the software business. Mm-hmm. And I've trademarked my series uh, in uh, the, the Amazing series. I now It's now Lacey's Amazing America, and it is available, you publishers who are listening. Um, ah, there you go. It's, it's done very well. Um, let's see, Southern Living has reviewed the series, and it has been in Reader's Digest. Books are fundamental. Uh, it's gone through the school systems uh, for sale, and so it's, it's done very well, and I've promoted a lot. I, yeah. I went to Texas last year promoting Amazing Texas. I did. Uh, I went to 19 cities in 13 days, and and flew into Hurricane Dolly and flew out to whatever the, the hurricane was. I think it started with an I, but uh, it was a you know a rush. But it was lots of fun. People of Texas are absolutely fantastic, and um, and that's you know wherever I've gone, I've discovered that people are great no matter where they are. Mm-hmm. For the most part, right. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's I like this amazing. I'm I'm thinking now about this amazing America thing, and I'm like, geez, you you must have, you're pretty much already selling it. I mean, this is something where if a publisher doesn't snag this up, they're just crazy because this is a this is like a revenue stream that started already. You've got most of the marketing, the front end work is done. I mean, what do they really have to lose by picking that up, right? Oh, that's right. Anyone who's interested in regional, uh, it's not just history; it's about it's culture also. Uh, these books, to see, uh, a friend of mine, a girlfriend of mine from Arkansas, she, she's very plain-spoken, as most people from Arkansas are. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, you know, with all these short stories and recipes and little tidbits about culture and history, you can go, you can take this 
book from the car to the bathroom to the kitchen. And I said, well, hopefully not in that order, but um, it is. I, I have different chapters on, say, prehistory, but the paranormal, sports, uh, civil war, where applicable, like, you know, you would write about civil war for California, for example. But um, So, it's yeah, the series is doing well, and uh, it if it weren't for my publisher going out of business it would you know it still Already be doing be well but uh it is still out out there for sale mm-hmm. actually but um i just uh, i'd like to have a publisher pick up the series and really run with it you there yep i sure am i got a little couple of ticks on this phone line oh. um if something does happen and we get you can just hang right there okay um, i'll, I'll on, stay on, on the your line. line and i can call in um via another line this is the hazard of, of live anything, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Things beep and ding and go off and life happens all around you. <laughs> and for those of you who are tuned in, um, thanks for staying with us. And also, we have been trying to get together for several weeks now, oh, yeah. <laughs> Rob and I, um, to have this interview. So I'm really thrilled that it's happening today. Happy Veterans Day to you veterans out there, by yes. the way. Yes, absolutely. Everybody's probably got veteran things going on. That that could be actually that's a, another tie in the veterans. Um, I was going to ask you as you talk about civil war and you seem to cover a lot of topics in the Amazing America. Is there a tie in for um, the veterans programs or anything like that? Um, well, I have a chapter in in all the Amazing books. I have a chapter on military history, and I'm fascinated I, with military his, history in general. But um, one of my favorite stories about the Civil War is that uh, Richard Gatling was a doctor and. His father was a farmer, and he became fascinated with the seed, the the, the sewing, S-O-W-I-N-G, the sewing machine that, you know, spit seeds out. Mm-hmm. He decided he would come up with a gun, a rapid-fire gun that would, um, it, let's see, it would, it would shoot bullets so rapidly it would, it would uh, do away with the need to have many soldiers on the field. And he called it his life-saving gun. And, wow. of course, now we know that Gatling guns are not lifesavers, but being a doctor, he was trying to say, actually save lives, reduce the number of people on the battlefield and thereby, um, you know, their soldiers' uh, casualties. But sure. it's uh, rather ironic, but uh, I love stories like that. Oh, yeah, me too, absolutely. I love. I could listen to those kind of stories all day long. <laughs> and I think most people could. That's why, you know, that's, I mean, that's really why we have books. Somebody else has an experience. They write it down, they write it well, and, and people... You know, people want to know about stuff. That's what it comes down to. And I do have uh, chapters in the Amazing series on businesses. I call it Wheelers and Dealers. And there's so much out there, uh, little little trivia and little stories about how how certain things came into existence. Like the dumpster was uh, an invention. A uh, man was sitting there thinking, hmm, you know, so all all these great inventions and uh, like Krispy Kreme donuts, you know, it's, uh, this, I have the story about how that came to be. And so, so many inventions actually were accidents. They were, yeah. So, um, anyway, I, I could I could talk about that all day, but I'm well, I could probably talk about Krispy Kreme all day long, but we're going to probably <laughs> avoid that. We, we used to. I remember we used to, and I don't honestly, I couldn't even tell you. I think there's one up in this area now, up in Central New York. We used to drive in New York City for Krispy Kreme. <laughs> oh, when they turn that, what are that? Is it fresh and hot sign on? Uh, it's just my my mother-in-law loves to pull in there, and she makes me go in with her and get one. It's terrible. Yeah, oh, you almost have to. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, that one there, Krispy Kreme. But, um, well, I mean, I, it's clear that you cover just about every topic um, available to mankind, <laughs> um, from civil war to paranormal to 
wheelers and dealers, which is kind of sounds like, um, you know, more more businessy than you. You've got to tie in with the realtors, and um, I'm I'm hoping, and I can't promise anything here, right now, but I'm hoping that you and I are going to do a lot more of these shows. You're a great guest. You have oh, so much, you. so much knowledge, and um, we're down to about a minute now. Um, if there's anything okay. else you want to talk about, or, or send people to websites or anything uh, like that. Well- I will have a million things come to mind as soon as I hang up the phone, but again, my, my website is www.tjensenlacey.com, T-J-E-N-S-E-N-L-A-C-E-Y.com, and you can buy my books wherever books are sold. Got about, actually, we're just down to 60 seconds, and you can also find um, Therese in the Cyber Village Authors website if you just Google Cyber Village Authors. She's one of the featured authors. We also have a link directly to her website. Um, you can also get there if, if you don't want to Google it. You just want to type in the address. It's just http colon slash slash, and then rather than www, type authors dot cybervillage dot com. We have tons of published authors and aspiring authors. Whether you're a wannabe author or a published author, come on in there and join us. We have um, tons of people that are very well accomplished, like Therese, but we also have novices looking to just get their first book published. And hopefully we're going to do a seminar, a tele-seminar as well, about book uh, marketing and book publishing. Yeah, I want to give a, a seminar about how to get published. I've been writing and publishing for 35 years, so I've learned a lot of things about what yeah. to do and also what not there to do. Go. There you go. What to do and what not to do, and we're just about <laughs> out of time. Thanks a lot, Therese. Have thanks, a great Rob, week. for having me, and happy Veterans Day again, all you listeners. All right, thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, bye. And I think we might have a couple seconds left. Thanks for listening. Have a happy Veterans Day.